And welcome to Share Truth Apply Scripture. I'm Jordan Shambly, and I am joined, as always, by the great Cedra Sarton. Oh, I'm the great now. Yeah. You've graduated <laughs> from the one and only. Now you're the great. I'm the great. It's the well, logical next now, step. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go telling me that, because I will let it go to my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. Okay, I'll no, take it back. No. Well, uh, for everybody listening, if this is your first time listening, we, we thank you so much for joining us. But you can, uh, if you want to learn more about us, go to engagemagazine.net. There's lots of information there. You connect connect with our social media, read our content, and just, you know, listen to past podcasts. Yes, absolutely. So it'll be safe. Just listen to all of those. Yeah. Start at the very beginning. There's <laughs> Then you'll have a very uh, full weekend ahead of you. Yeah. Um, speaking about this weekend, um, if you want to head over to EngageMagazine.net, the most recent article is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we have on air with us right now, Pastor Joseph Parker. Welcome to the show again. Thank you. Good to be with you all yeah. today. Awesome to have you again. We, we always love to talk to you about things that you've written and projects you're working on. Um, one of those projects, by the way, uh, we had a little uh, experience of it um, pretty recently here at the American Family Association. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, ICU Mobile? Okay. Well, thank you, Jordan and Cedar, for the opportunity to share about it. Uh, I'm a part of a, I, I'm the chairperson for the board of a ministry called Greenwood Pregnancy and Hope Center. It's a ministry that is in the process of raising the funds to purchase a mobile medical unit that will serve in the Mississippi Delta. And uh, one of the goals is to help provide free pregnancy services for women from a Christian perspective. And also the ministry shares the gospel as a heavy part of its mission as well. But in areas of the Delta where there are no pregnancy clinics at yeah. present. So we're excited about that opportunity. Yeah. And that's an, it's, it's such a time. I mean, it's been timely for many, many years now. But I mean, especially now that pro-life issues are such a hot and but, hot button topic right now, especially mm-hmm. in in the media. Um, mm-hmm. when, whenever I get on Twitter, I see on the, on the, on the trending feed, Texas, 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 and the, what's going on over there and people, you know, riled up on every other side of that. So um, this is a good opportunity to be um, to be involved in that issue and uh, my goodness it is very much needed um, there's darkness on one side and bright hope on the other and I'm, I'm glad that uh, people are digging in and are very involved in that yes Amen. and if you want to be a part of giving getting one of these mobile units in mm-hmm. the Mississippi you can go to afr.net to donate to give to ICU mobile or give to what's the website again Pastor Joseph for the our specific ministry website is greenwoodhopecenter.org mm-hmm. and uh, and of course to give through AFR just give to afr.net but uh, you can give through both uh, yeah. through both means. Okay, great. And if you want to see, um, kind of take a little video tour of one of these, we've put up a video on our Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to get to that, mm-hmm. the easiest way probably is to go to engagemagazine.net and click on our Facebook or Twitter. And we did put up a, a little video with Pastor Joseph and you'll get to see images of one of these mobiles and yeah. what it looks like. And this Amen. is what's going out into the communities. Um, so women can come in and get the care that they need and um, get tested, find out if they're having it if they if they mm. are pregnant and then and and they can have a chance 
chance to see uh, see their baby you yeah. know, through ultrasound. On an ultrasound, so. and, and the goal, of course, is always to encourage them to choose life mm, for their yes. babies. Yes, That's, yeah. amen. It's such a beautiful thing, too, to have that first um, uh, glimpse of the baby, you know, framed in the context of the gospel. And right. everyone around you is very intentional about saying, this was created by God. This little baby is alive and made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful testimony um, that uh, Christians can be involved in. Um, it's it's evangelism is mm-hmm. what it is. It's an evangelistic opportunity. It's an evangelistic uh, project yeah. that's going on. So I'm very proud to uh, be a part of a ministry that is also involved in this kind of thing as well. And I will say it doesn't it doesn't stop there. I know that yeah. there's a that, that there's a lot of people in the pro choice mm-hmm. community, for lack of a better word. There's the pro choice people tend to like talk about how pro life people care only about the child, you know, and then after it's born, what do you do? Well, they're not just going to send you off. All right, well you're having a baby, get out. They're gonna yeah. there there are steps after that how to to help um help these girls help these women afterwards and they can point them in the correct directions you know point them to other people and other ministries that are that are there to help care for them through the pregnancy and after and so I mean it doesn't end with an ultrasound that's not the end of it so I think that's very important important to point out to people and you know I would just add to you know uh, Jordan you alluded to so many things that are in the news today of course one of the uh, big issues in the news too is the Mississippi case that'll be coming before the Supreme Court in a few mm-hmm. weeks as well. Well, the reality is this, you know, like um, many are saying, many people are hopeful that mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade will be overturned. And then mm-hmm. there are other people who are dreading the idea of Roe <laughs> v. Wade being overturned. Yeah. Well, the fact is, from a biblical perspective, I think it's helpful to understand Roe v. Wade basically legalized the murder of innocent babies. Right. So it was a wicked decision and it should have never happened. So as believers were wise to pray that, yes, we want that it to be to be overturned because there is nothing in the Constitution that guarantees the right to be able to murder any human being. Yeah, exactly. So for people to say, well, it's infringing on their constitutional rights, they don't understand the Constitution, mm-hmm. nor do they understand the Word of God. Yeah. So, yes, we want it overturned, and yes, we want to honor God by ending the legal legalization Amen. of abortion. Amen. Amen. And that will be hopefully the focus of many prayers um, around the world and in our country. Um, as these things unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, but alongside of that, I mean, that, that's, that's one part of a very big picture here. Um, Christians, we are, we are called to, to care for the hearts and souls of the people around us, um, whether saved or unsaved. And part of that, um, or the whole thing, actually, it's not just part of it, but the whole thing is evangelism discipleship. And that's the, what you've written about recently. And again, listeners, if you want to read this article that we're going to talk about, it's um, the building blocks of discipleship being a pro and uh, that that will be on engagemagazine.net yes. if you go there now. But the original article was posted to the stand. So if you go to afa.net, you can connect with the AFA's uh, official online blog, The Stand, where they post lots of great content as well. And that's mm-hmm. where the original is. And so I encourage you just to go to afa.net and check that out. Yeah. So in this article, Pastor Joseph, uh, when it, when it, in, in the title saying being a pro, um, obviously that has two meanings. One, we want to be very good mm-hmm. at evangelism and discipleship. Um, so we want to be a pro in that regard. But also, uh, this is an acronym that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that you're presenting to us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is? Well, I would say as a pastor, one, uh, <laughs> an important issue for me is that we as believers really 
understand biblically what discipleship is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, yeah, I'm discipling this person or I'm a disciple. Well, a disciple, uh, biblically speaking, is a learner and a follower of mm-hmm. Christ. And it's helpful to understand there are some basic what one could call building blocks of what discipleship consists of. For example, you know, I would just mention like, now nothing against recreation and things like that, but sometimes people will say, we're taking, we're involving our young people in discipleship. Yeah. We're taking them skating. Well, skating is wonderful and it's fun. Sure. And that's a relationship building point. But I think it's very helpful to understand there's some basic building blocks that consist of what building blocks that help us grow in our walk with the Lord. Once a person receives Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, what I would call, I would summarize three basic building blocks that pretty much cover everything would be, uh, could be found in what I would call the the three letters of the word pro. P refers to uh, your prayer life. Every believer is called to be a vibrant, faithful person of prayer. Um, you know, the Word of God tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Every believer is called to be a prayer warrior. And so developing a strong prayer life, uh, thus the, the P of the word pro right. is important. R refers to reading. Every believer is called to be a student of Scripture. Psalm one. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Every believer is wise to establish the habit of reading God's word every single day. You know, I like to challenge believers with a goal of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day. That's a good kind of spiritual meal. And the reason I, I challenge people to do three chapters is that's, that's I think, a good, healthy volume of the Word of God to consume. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes believers say things like, well, I, I read my promise scripture for the day, and, you know, so that's my scripture for the, the day. Well, that's better than nothing. Right. <laughs> but that's kind of like eating a spoonful of cornflakes saying, well, this will take me all the way through the day. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. not adequate nourishment for your good. body to yeah. give you the strength you need. Spiritually, we need spiritual strength as well. Right. The Word of God nourishes our mind, body, and spirit. And so... Consuming the Word of God every day is much more important than I believe any of us really grasp. Mm-hmm. And our one-on-one time in the Word of God, that's appointment time with Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the Word. So R refers to the reading and studying of the Word of God. Every believer is called to be a student of Scripture. And finally, O of the word pro, the uh, the three letters of the word pro, O refers to obedience. We're called to not only hear what God's Word says, but we're called to obey it as well. And, you know, I think of, for example, Jordan, we were just talking about the life issue a few moments ago. That's a great illustration of why it's so critical that we as believers learn the importance of being hearers and doers of God's Word. There are many people that will say, well, uh, uh, yes, I love the Lord, I'm a Christian. But the Bible says, amongst other things, in the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. Well, to apply the Word of God in that case is to decide I'm against murder in every form. Yeah, exactly. Abortion is is a form of murder. In fact, it's actually first-degree murder, but you have people that say they love the Lord but say, well, I believe in a woman's right to choose. You're Mm -hmm. contradicting the Word of God. To apply the Word of God is to say, I'm against abortion and murder in any form. Mm -hmm. So in every area of life, we're called to hear His Word and apply it and it's so helpful to understand. We're called, the Bible says in James chapter 1, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Mm. If we read the word of God but don't apply it, it's important to understand truth is always meant to be applied. Mm-hmm. If we have a volume of 
scriptural knowledge but do nothing with it, then we're missing a major, major reality of the Christian life. We're called to hear his word and to live his word as well. Um, before we get into the the P there, because I, I do want to start with, uh, and go down this list of um, letters and uh, steps, these building blocks. You did make a really great point that I want to touch on real quick. Um, you said initially that discipleship uh, and being a disciple, you are being a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important distinction to make between what Christian discipleship is and what other discipleships are out there in the world. Because you can, you know, read your self-help books out there that are you know, promising you can live a healthy, happy life and be a disciple of the person who wrote that book. You can be a disciple of a, you know, a guru somewhere on a mountaintop telling you how to, you know, become one of the universe or something. Mm-hmm. But um Christian discipleship, you are being a disciple not of the person necessarily who is discipling you, but you're being a disciple through them of Christ. That's right. Um, and, you know, Paul came, came, you know, confronted this issue once, um, and I can't remember. I want to say it's one of the Corinthians, but uh, there was a church who would, had divisions among themselves, and they said, one of them, some people said, I am a disciple of Paul. I am a disciple of Apollos. I am a disciple of Peter. You know, there was that the division. <laughs> and he said, no, y'all are being sick. Silly. You know, mm-hmm. you're not a disciple. If you're a Christian, you are a disciple of Christ. Um, right. And, and a, a beautiful Old Testament example of this, I think, is the entire book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Um, Proverbs, you have Solomon and, and, and maybe other people who wrote for that book. But Solomon saying, my son, listen to me, get wisdom. Mm-hmm. And he's always pointing to wisdom. And of course, we understand Ultimately, wisdom is Jesus Christ. That's right. And so Christian discipleship should never be, listen to me, follow me. Mm-hmm. It should be, listen to me, follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's such an important distinction to make. I'm so glad you made that uh, comment earlier. Yeah. So if you go into a church and the leader or pastor of that church and everything is about their leadership and their rule, yeah. which mm-hmm. I think the, the pastor's place is important <clears throat> and you should look to them for answers for things, but always look to scripture. Absolutely. Line up everything. So if you find yourself in a church where everybody follows the leader of that church blindly as they are the leader for everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to start looking a little bit closely. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> know, yeah. CJ, you make an excellent point because, you know, of course, even, you know, you were referring to the the Apostle Paul. His perspective was, follow me as I follow Christ. Exactly. Yeah. And, of course, we're simply following Christ through someone sometimes when we follow someone's example who's following the Lord. But just like you all say, the key is following Christ. Mm-hmm. And sadly, we live in a world where many people are quick to latch on to leaders and will follow them um, faithfully. Mm-hmm. Sometimes to their detriment. You know, I recall many years ago, um, now this was long before you all were born, though, but I was in college <laughs> when the tragedy of the story of Jim Jones happened. Mm. Yeah. And a, a religious leader led lots of people to, uh, to another country to live, and they ended up taking many, you know, many of them ended up, most of them ended up taking their own lives mm. under the direction of the leader. Well, if they had been grounded in the word of God, they could have found out early on Jim Jones was not following Christ. Mm-hmm. He was not a, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a cult leader. Yeah. And many of them, uh, they, they lost their lives following him. Yeah. So that's a tragic story of the, the importance of following not people, but following the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that, of course, um, and an essential part of that is prayer and your prayer life. Um, I, I love the idea of, you know, a lot of people talk about meditation um, 
in, in the um, health and wellness um, arena. And um, prayer is is really you are putting yourself in a, in a posture of humility and and openness to you know the heavenly truth of who God is. You're presenting yourself to God, and and uh, there's a lot. Yeah, of course you're presenting petitions. You are asking, and there's 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 a, a back and forth of communication there. But prayer prayer has been to me. Um, very there, there's another dimension to it almost there's you're you're opening up yourself to um the truth of who god is and you are spending that time also praying scripture to god and and meditating on that scripture as you're praying and that is hugely beneficial i've heard you talk about that also mm-hmm. is the the power of scripture in prayer mm-hmm. as well well you know i think it's it's very helpful for us as believers to grasp that uh, the Word of God and prayer are very closely tied, mm-hmm. and in a sense, you can you can you can really tie them together in it because, you know, the reading and studying of Scripture is a form of prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer is talking to God and it's listening to God as well. And so, if someone is to ask the question, "Well, what's more important than prayer or the study of Scripture?" I think it's helpful to say, "Well, that's like asking what's more important, inhaling or exhaling." You know, yeah, exactly. Both of them are critical. Yeah. We're to be students of the Word of God, and yes, mm. part of that's a time where God is both talking to us and it's a conversation of mm-hmm. sorts with the Lord, as well as as we read and study the Word of God in our times of prayer where we're conversing with God, we'll hear the Spirit of God speak to us mm-hmm. too. So the study of the Word of God and our prayer life are very closely tied together, and I think it's good to understand when you're reading and meditating on Scripture, yes, that's mm-hmm. a form of prayer. It's a form of communing with our Heavenly Father, too. Both of them edify us. Both of them draw them closer to the Lord. And so specifically praying Scripture is a very wise and fruitful thing to do as well because just like, for example, I li- I think it's wise for everyone to pray Psalm 91 every day. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful tool for divine protection. And in view of the fact that we live in a crazy, dangerous world, it's just wise and smart any way you look at it. Mm-hmm. But it's praying God's word back to him. Mm-hmm. And God's word lets us know in Isaiah chapter 55, his word will not return to him void. Mm-hmm. It's a productive and a fruitful way and a very, it's the best kind of way to pray, right. to pray according and along with the word of God. Right. So it's wise to pray the word of God, yes. And, it, and of course, we want to um, align our prayers with the will of God, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to come to God sort of with this misconception of, well, this is how I get my way, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but the way to do that really is to ground your prayers in the Scripture because the Scripture is the will of God. That's right. And, it, and, that, and that's where we understand um, the mind of God. So I, I love, it's a beautiful thing, like what you said, um, just like inhaling and exhaling, one is not more important than the other. They're equally, it's, it's a system together. And so is prayer and reading the scripture. You really cannot do one effectively without the other. They're so closely tied and they, mm-hmm. they inform each other and empower each other, you could say as well. Yeah. So. And, and what a privilege too, I think. I mean, uh, and, the, and scripture points this out very often that, you know, the, the rest of the world, the, the, the pagans or even, you know, atheists with some of their relationship to their own, their own beliefs, their prayers, quote unquote, uh, to their, whatever their God is, those are dead things. Those mm-hmm. are things that have no power. Like in, in the old Testament, it's like they have ears, but they cannot hear. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. You know, they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. What a, a privilege it is to, to be able to be a Christian and be deeply involved in this communication 
with God and it's a living and powerful thing and to be able to live that out in front of the world as well. Right. I mean, that 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 is a in itself a form of evangelism, you know, if, if people are watching you do this. And, you know, Jordan, something comes to my mind that's helpful for us as believers to grasp, too, is that God's word is a book of of power. It's mm-hmm. a book of grace. It's full of the power of God, the grace of God. It, the Spirit of God permeates the Word of God. And so, you know, like uh, if one was to say, well, what's the connection between the Holy Spirit and the Word of God? Mm-hmm. Well, they're one. Mm-hmm. When you're reading, just like, for example, the Holy Spirit has many names that all of the names are informative names that are wonderful studies in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. For example, the Holy Spirit's the hand of God. He's mm-hmm. the fire of God. He's the river of God. Well, you take the fire of God. Well, because we know the Word of God lets us know the Holy Spirit is a fire, then that means the Word of God is a fire too. Mm. So when I read the Word of God, I'm I'm consuming the fire of God. But the Mm. fire of God is not like natural fire. Natural fire destroys, breaks down, you know, destroys things. Mm -hmm. The fire of God edifies us, Mm. strengthens us, builds us up, gives us life. Mm -hmm. And so when you're reading and meditating on the Word of God, it's causing the fire of the Holy Spirit to burn brighter and brighter inside of us. It's causing us to draw closer to God. It's allowing the Spirit of God to work more in us and through us. And something I think it's so good, for example, to encourage parents to do is have the habit of having their children to read the Word every day because it's one wonderful way to have your children engage the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's sort of humorous for me to sometimes to think back. You know, we'd, we'd have our kid, we have six, Purdy and I have six children. When they were young, we'd, we'd make them read Scripture, and some people say, well, you shouldn't make them do that. Well, <laughs> yes, some things you just make them do whether right. they want. You know, just like you make them brush their teeth, you make them take a Eat bath. Their vegetables. It's good yeah. for you. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I recall instances where one of my sons in particular, my uh, youngest one, he would sometimes I'd say, Daniel, come read to me. Dad, I'm tired. Come read to me. Uh, Dad, I'm busy. Come read, Daniel. And then he says, okay, Dad, the only reason I'm reading is because you're making me. And I can hear attitude all in his voice. Right. <laughs> but I don't think, it, I don't know if it ever failed to happen that he, mm-hmm. he would start out reading with attitude. Mm-hmm. But slowly the attitude would melt. Mm-hmm. And without meaning to, the word starts, work, without him meaning to allow it, the word of God starts working on him. Right. And he may stop and say, Dad, why did you say that? And he'd begin to t- to ask questions or make comments, letting me know he's engaging it. And he forgot that he didn't mean to engage it. Right. He wanted to let me know he didn't want to do this, but he forgot that because the Word of God started working on him. Mm-hmm. And I think of this, I think of two names that many people would recognize, Josh McDowell and Lee Strobel. Mm-hmm. Both of them were individuals who once upon a time were atheists, who set out to disprove God. But they made the big mistake of starting to read the Word of God. <laughs> and it started working on them. Basically, mm-hmm. started reading it, and it set them on fire, mm-hmm. and it got hold of them. And both of them became, you could say, flaming evangelists. Yeah. They got saved and were totally turned around and committed to the work of building God's kingdom. Wow. That's amazing. I, I love that that you brought the, the fact that the Holy Spirit is like a fire. Because um, sometimes when, when I think about the effect of fire, it, there's a purifying effect to it as well. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, in the old days, um, that's how they would purify gold. You know, right. That's how they would refine it and get the dross out of it so that it's pure and more valuable. Um, and that is the effect that the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, has on us as well. And I love that, I love that story about your son too because it, it just reminds me that 
of the power of the of of scripture mm-hmm. um it's not just a book it's not it's not just words on a page mm-hmm. you're coming face to face there's an encounter happening mm-hmm. and you can't come face to face with God and just kind of not be affected by that. That's, mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. <laughs> so it's, it's an incredibly encouraging thing to think about as well. Of course, when we come face to face with God and those, the, there's an effect on our lives, we're not left to just kind of go back to the way things were. We have to make a decision obedience or disobedience and that's mm-hmm. the that's the pro that's the o in, in your acronym here mm-hmm. obedience that's that's that is how these things work out in our lives mm-hmm. um and it's not an option for the christian of course mm-hmm. we can't just kind of philosophically agree with these things and then just kind of live until we die and go to heaven you know mm-hmm. um these things will have an effect on how we live um so how how does a dis, uh, say I'm trying to disciple somebody um, and trying to to draw them to Christ? Um, how do I look for these things? How do I look for that effect in their lives and encourage it even? Okay, when you say effect, you mean obedience, the oh, working okay. out. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it's wise for us as believers to make it a, a, a habit as a lifestyle to to challenge people who are not well to challenge people who are saved to start. Mm-hmm living the a pro-Christian mm-hmm. life, pray daily, read the word, obey. Unsaved people, you know, I think one thing that's so helpful is for, um, well, going back to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, for example, it's wise, I think, for believers to pray a prayer like the prayer of Jabez every day mm. because it's a prayer that helps us become more fruitful in the hands of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is all about ministry all the time, 24 hours mm-hmm. a day. And as we listen to him, he'll direct us as to how we can be used by God in any given setting. And the fact is there's ministry all over the place, and ministry is basically doing the will of God Mm -hmm. in any setting or situation. Well, the fact is we encounter people all day long. All of them have needs, but whether if they're not saved, their biggest need is to get saved. Mm -hmm. And so listening to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit typically will have a way to say something that's significant, as opposed to, you know, anybody can talk about the weather, but right. that may not be really significant mm-hmm. in this situation. But on the other hand, the Holy Spirit may ask, say, ask him or her, how can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Well, that immediately makes people think about God and his help. And sometimes people will say, you know, I really want prayer for my health. I'm having some challenges. And your average person will appreciate that. But it makes them to begin to think about God and how God can help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, then there are some people who may say, uh, no, I don't, I don't need prayer. Mm. You know, They kind of rebuff you, but it still plants a seed. Mm. They may think, why did he ask me that? That's weird. You don't ask people that in Walmart. Right. Well, Christians do. Mm-hmm. People that know God do. Mm. And the Spirit of God may start working on them just thinking, why would he ask me? Mm-hmm. I, man, I really do need a thousand prayers. Man, I'm just struggling with this or that. Well, and the Spirit of God can be. So that action is a seed the Holy Spirit can right. use. But listening and cooperating with the Holy Spirit is such an important part of walking with God because the Holy Spirit has work all over the place to do. Mm-hmm. But he needs people that will listen and obey. Right. Not be timid, <laughs> right. but obey. Right. These are powerful things. Thank you so much for being on uh, the air with us today. Um, people can listen to you on the Hour of Intercession program. What time is that and what, when does that air? Uh, 3 to three to 4 a.m. early in the morning. Lots early of folks asleep at that time. But if you're an early riser, or you can catch the podcast mm-hmm. as well on AFR.net. So, but 3 to 4 a.m., five days a week. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the air with us. And as always, guys, until next week, continue to share truth and apply scripture. <laughs>